Man, this is hey, like ben, an atomic hey. fireball. Welcome back to... <laughs> Damn it, Dennis. Welcome back to another episode of Cigar <laughs> Chat. Uh, we're doing a News of the Week edition this week. Because um, we had a guest fall through, but he'll be back in a couple weeks. Um, we're we're going to talk tonight. We're going to kind of do a recap of the Cigar March Madness. We're going to announce the winners of our AVO contest. Uh, we got a couple other things to talk about that have been going on in the world. Um, and of course, if you've got any questions or comments or anything, feel free to drop them in the comments. We've we've really liked the last couple episodes, how there's been a lot of interaction when we do this kind of episode, because um, there's not really a guest to ask questions, and we're not, like, we don't have a specific topic, which is kind of nice. We're just hanging out. Um, so I'm your host, Trip. Uh, got my co-host, my dual co-hosts here. Uh Jason, how are you to this evening? Doing great. Enjoying this. It looks like we're actually transitioning into spring now, so I don't have to wear six different layers when I'm out here. <laughs> so I'm enjoying that. Yeah, that, that's got to be nice. Uh, what about you, Dennis? How are you doing? Pretty good, man. As soon as I lit this cigar, my, my mood just totally changed. So uh, before we get into what we're smoking, we'll talk about what we're smoking. We'll go around the table in a second. Um, I do want to mention we're live on Facebook, uh, broadcast around the world on the Armed Forces Radio Network. And, uh, of course, available on your favorite podcast catcher or the old YouTubes. Um, so, first, let's talk about what we're smoking. I'm on the tail end of the new craft, Roma Craft. Um, I just got these in this week, but I just had to I just had to test the waters, see how they are. Um, and so far, I'm digging it. I like the... Uh, there's something about that, like, double wrapper with a candela that adds, like, a layer of flavor that, that I really like with pretty much anybody that does it. Um, primarily this cigar and uh, and some of the stuff from Blackworks. It's really what cool you when you get that broadleaf <clears throat> over that candela. Yeah. yeah, and this one's Connecticut or uh, Pennsylvania broadleaf, so it's got that uh, you know that really intense spice. What are you smoking, Jason? I am smoking a Wise Man Maduro. Nice, love that cigar. Awesome cigar. And then Dennis, what are you smoking? I got myself a little knock tamale action. The number one cigar of the year, according to uh, those guys, those dummies yeah. over at Cigar Federation. <laughs> what do so you think good. so far, Dennis? You were saying it was a fireball. It was like you know the the first um, the the just as I lit it, it was like uh, like an atomic fireball. Like <laughs> yeah. the spice just hit me, and I wasn't expecting it. And it's not so overwhelming, the, but it's really bold. I feel like atomic fireball is actually the perfect like description of it because it's it's a cinnamony spice yeah like, oh definitely um and not like you know spice like the cinnamon out of your cabinet spice like a spicy cinnamon candy yeah. uh which i i dig that cigar a lot it's really good wish i still had some so what do you guys want to talk about first i've got the uh i've got our avo winners here in a tab i've got our march madness winners in a tab you want to talk about like uh, why don't we just talk about the top 16 of March Madness? I think like yeah. that's a good place to start. Maybe the top eight. Let's do the top 16. And we'll pull it up. We'll, we'll try not to talk too much about which one we prefer, because obviously we all vote and we all have preferences. Um, so the first one is the Wise Man Maduro and the Sober Mesa. Those are two, like, the Sober Mesa and the Wise Man are forever kindred cigars, um, just because of the timing and the relationship that Saka and nick melillo have yeah that's that's one of those ones when when i was thinking about voting for it i just it was really hard to decide because i i kept going back to like i love the wise man maduro in that corona size and then oh, yeah. um the uh, sober mesa short churchill is just 
I can't get enough of those either. So there, there are two cigars that are staples now in my rotation. All right. Well, well, Bob Dog says he wants to hear about the top eight. I think that's a good idea. Um, yeah. As I'm reading through the list, we're going to be doing a lot of talking if we're talking about the top 16. Um, so we'll talk about the final eight. Um, I think there's a word for that, but uh, I don't follow the sports, so I don't know what the, the correct <laughs> terminology is. The Elite Eight. The Elite Eight. Okay, elite that eight. makes okay. sense. Um, so that that would be the Sober Mesa and the the cigar that went on to win it all, the Boondock Saint. Yeah. And it, that was another one that, like, there were a lot of tough decisions here for me. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting, too, because um, I think both of those cigars – it's a very different experience. So it's, it, it's like, yeah, I love both two, of them, but, but they're very different. Those who are very, very different cigars. Um, and then like, so Steve Saka was very close to having, he had five cigars, which we, we got. So actually that's one thing that I really wanted to talk about here. We got a lot of complaints about Steve Saka having five cigars oh, really? running this year. Um, and the thing is that we don't decide which cigars. That's one of the things that makes it kind of fun for me is that we don't decide what's going to be in the top 64, like in March Madness. Uh, we pull it straight out of uh, the, half wheel top, uh, the Half Wheel Cigar Consensus, uh, which covers pretty much all of cigar media. They have some criteria that's, um, they, they make it a little bit stricter every year, but it's still really, um, you know, if, if you review cigars, you can have input on that. And uh, they basically weight each cigar or each vote depending on what rank it is and all that stuff. And they have a whole algorithm they use. Um, but the, the important thing is we have like a 3% impact on who's going to be in this list. So, you know, we didn't make the decisions this, uh, and we never do. We always use the half wheel consensus because I think that's the most fair way to do it. Um, and it, it eliminates any bias from our side. So, that's how Steve ended up with five cigars, and he almost made it to all four or four in the. It was the close. Final four. Oh yeah, um, but he he had a couple losses there that that knocked him out, and he ended up only having one cigar in each round of the final four. <laughs> uh, so the next one in the top eight was the Wanderlust and the Exclusivo from Steve Saka. What do you guys think about those? Have you either of you smoked the Wanderlust? I have no. not. Which um, Exclusivo was it? Was it the Naka Tamale or the other one? It, it was the first one, the Exclusivo. First one, okay. So the, the first Moistra de Saka was the Exclusivo. The second one was the Naka Tamale. Yeah. Yeah, I, I smoked the um, Exclusivo and, and thought it was a great cigar. Kind of a, a little bit of a more mild cigar than you might Absolutely. expect from Saka, but it was really complex and really nice. I've still never smoked a Wonderlust. I need to um, go to Germany or something. Yeah, obviously they're not easy to get a hold of, and we just lost Dennis, so our uh, our video is going to be a little funky for a few minutes here. You know, here. Oh, there we go. Yeah, your, I'm your not sure what happened. Just cut out for a minute. Very um, weird. So the Wonderlust, I've smoked two of them now. No, I, I guess I've smoked a couple more than that. Uh, so I smoked a pre-release at the factory that was uh, that was good, but it was missing the intensity that Romacraft is known for. Uh, it didn't taste like something that Romacraft would make at all. And then the second version of it, it was Skip assures me. He says he swears up and down. It's the exact same uh, leaf for the wrapper. Um, they've just fermented longer, but it's way thicker and darker and toothier. Um, the first one looked kind of like a, I don't know, a dark mottled looking Habano. And the okay. second one was it looks like a Maduro. Um, and both of them are really good. I really like it. Um 
but I haven't I haven't smoked it under good enough conditions that I can like review it or anything. Um, most of the ones I smoked were like in Nicaragua after 15 cigars a day for <laughs> a week and a couple you know, of drinks. Yeah, yeah it, it's, it's hard tough. to accurately gauge something when you're in that condition. Uh, and then oh, I lost my spot here. Oh, the final round was another Steve Saka cigar, the Todos Las Dias, versus the Eye of the Shark, which was the number one cigar, according to Cigar Aficionado. Did you guys smoke either of those? I did. I have smoked both. Um, what did you think, Jason? So I think, I mean, the, the your Don Carlos Eye of the Shark, that's kind of a classic cigar in a way. It, it's really popular. It's not the easiest thing to come by. Shops tend to get them and then they sell out of them really quickly. Um, yeah. But it's it's honestly not my favorite Fuente cigar. Like, they're good and they're a bit of a treat, but it, it's not something I, I tend to go to a lot. I, I agree. It's um, If you've ever had the Don Carlos Private Reserve, uh, it's a very, I don't know if it's the same blend, but it's certainly a very similar blend to that one. Um, and there, for me, there are other Fuente cigars that I prefer, but that's, you know, that's just me. Um, and the Todos Los Dias is just a powerhouse of a, a cigar. It's really good. And that one is, um, is I, I got a sampler of that when they were first released. So I was able to smoke, I think, almost all the different sizes. And um, it, it's really interesting how the different sizes of that cigar present themselves differently. Um, I really like that, um, what is it, the... Uh, the kind of bellicoso. Oh, the double one. wide bellicoso. Yeah. Um, it's the, for anybody who smoked, like the way I always describe it for people who haven't held it in their hand or bought one or smoked one, uh, is everybody and their grandma pretty much has smoked a uh, Hoya de Nicaragua Antonio Grand Console. It's yeah. their, their most popular size, and it's the same size as that. It might be like quarter inch shorter or longer or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty close. It's basically the same size. It's good. It's um, it's less of a straightforward powerhouse and more of a sneaky powerhouse in that size. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually enjoyed it more than the uh, Eye of the Shark. I did too, actually. Um, and then, of course, uh, we don't need to talk about who moved on. Everybody can, can go look that up. Um, but it came down to the... Uh, interestingly, uh, I don't know whether it's... Uh, it's not surprising to me. It wasn't surprising that it came down to the Boondock Saint from Black Little Trading Company and the Romacraft Wanderlust uh, because they both have pretty big social media followings. And as we've seen every year, that's what wins you this this competition. Um, I mean, you know, we, we do this just for fun, basically. Nobody wins anything, uh, at least not these days. We used to give away prizes, but that was... That was when it was easier to give cigars away and easier to pry cigars out of manufacturers' hands so that we could give them to you. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, things have changed with the FDA. Uh, but it came down to those two, and Black Label cleaned up. They got, uh, let me see what numbers are here, 63 to 37%. They, I mean, and that says a lot because Romacraft has a huge following on social media. And, you know, both of them were uh, casually asking people to vote it wasn't like we've seen in some years where they're blasting out emails every couple days saying please vote for me um but you know congratulations to black label trading company the boondock saint uh is a cigar that i reviewed it and i i don't remember what the score was it was a 96 or a 97 and when i smoked it i said this is my cigar of the year the only reason it, it didn't i think it was number three or four on our list 
And the only reason was because I smoked other stuff after that uh, that just edged it out ever so slightly. Yeah, and hearing that um, it was in the the final, I, I smoked one, and it's just a crazy good cigar. Like, that is one of those cigars where I just want to not be bothered and be left alone for, like, two hours so I can just sit there and enjoy that thing. Yeah, that's what, that's exactly what kind of c- cigar it is. It's the kind of cigar that it's, like, it's oozing with flavor. It's got so much depth of flavor and so many layers. And, I mean, if you haven't smoked a Boondock Saint, you got to go find one. I've actually been on the hunt. I'm trying to uh, to stock up. I mean, that's part of the problem. Uh, I mean, it's a great thing for them, but it's part of the problem for consumers is that if you, when you hear about a Black Label cigar that's really good um, or a Blackwork cigar, this one's actually a Blackwork cigar. Um, by the time you hear that it's good, if you're not in on it when it comes out, you're probably not going to find any. Yeah. Um, because they go real quick and their production is pretty limited, which um, I think is a uh, is a very good marketing strategy. Because it it keeps things flying off the shelves rather than, uh, you know, we've all seen that cigar that comes out and everybody loves it. And then they kind of flood the market and it's just available everywhere. Um, So I think it's really smart of James and Angela to have gone this route. All right, let me get to some of our comments here because we got a bunch. So Lou Rodriguez, Lou Liga is smoking a Neon Tiger tonight. Oh, man, that I've only had one because I haven't been to Nicaragua since they started making them. Um, but I got one at the show and that cigar blew my mind. Uh, like that cigar is just incredible. It's a really cool looking cigar. I mean, it's got four wrappers on it. Yeah, it's nuts. (laughs) It's crazy. Um, let's see who else had some good comments. Oh, Matt Ross. He, so Matt Ross, for people who don't know him, he's the, uh, he's a mod and at Cigar Federation, he's a beer nut. Um, and he is the guy who, understands excel and google uh forms enough that he sets up uh march madness every year for us and thank you matt but he says that five five cigars in the elite eight is a record uh previously it was three that a brand that a single brand had in the elite eight which is i mean it's crazy that he had five cigars in out of the 64 and then all Five of them made it into the elite. Yeah, to make it that far. Yeah, Dunbarton had a big year too. I mean, they they came out with a lot of releases, and they were all just fantastic cigars. Yeah, yeah. Every every cigar that Steve comes out with, uh, I've I've never had one that was like, eh. All of them, in my opinion, have been very good. I I don't know if that's his his palate or if or what it is, but I like everything he's made. And they're all just different enough where you're engaged for each cigar. And it's still exciting. You don't lose that interest. Yeah, the only ones that are really close at all are the uh, Umbagog and, and the, the Micarita. Oh, yeah. Which are are similar, but they're not really close in terms of flavor profile. Um, a novice might think that they're the, that they taste the same, um, but there there's a definite difference between the two. The Umbagog tends to be a little more uh, sweet, earthy, kind of. Uh, more basic flavors and the Mikarita is spicier a little bit and uh, just has a little more complexity. Yeah. I raged on Mikarita Corona Gordas for a little bit there and that's a oh, really yeah. good size for that cigar. Um, Jack Dawson just says, what's up fellas? What's up Jack? Thanks for watching. We appreciate it. Glad you could watch. Uh, Lou Liga says that BLTC won because of guerrilla marketing. That's exactly what it is. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> um, that's what it's all about in Cigar March Madness is yeah. you got to 
reach out to your followers and tell them to vote for you. Um, in a, in a world past, it was it would have been possible to win just by having a great cigar, but that's not enough. Um, people are going to vote for your cigar whether or not they've smoked it if they follow you and they're a fan. And that's what it's all about. But, uh, you know, it's always fun because I don't know if we've had the same company win twice. I don't think so. I think it's been a different person um, every year. Yeah, I think every year it's a different manufacturer. Um, Brad Prezikowski, I hope I'm saying that right because that is a uh, a very Scandinavian last name or maybe Polish that I can't even try to pronounce correctly. So I'm not even going to try it again. But he's he just finished smoking a Craft 2018, which is what I'm finishing off here. Um, and he's smoking the Dojo K9 from Protocol. I am kicking myself for missing out on those. I got to see if I can weasel some from somebody. Uh, get some on the secondary market or something. <laughs> and he says to just call him Brad Polish. <laughs> uh, thank you, Brad Polish, last name. Um, Lou Liga wants to know if any of us have smoked the unicorn. Not yet. I, I've, as I mentioned before, no. I, I have one that was given to me by an anonymous benefactor who, who uh, wishes <laughs> to not be named. Um, I'm waiting until it's nice out and like, I need to wait for a cigar like that. I want to wait until the perfect day where I can really review it and uh, make sure that my palate is on point. Because right now, this time of year, I'm just getting off of like the cold season where I have a cold constantly. And I'm just getting into allergy season, like in the last couple days. Um, That's rough, so man. I need, yeah, I need to make it through this this hell that I'm in so that I can get to a point where I can uh, you know, take notes on taste an entire cigar. Yeah, those those unicorns are something special. Anyway, um, Steve Saka did some events here in Portland, and um, oh, yeah. we we were hanging out with him, and he was just smoking cigars, and he just busted out a unicorn and smoked it like it was an everyday thing. <laughs> it was really funny. Well, and so the the funniest thing to me, like I I actually I I yelled at Steve Saka <laughs> uh, because we're sitting there in this lounge and he's smoking it, and this guy from across the room goes, "Steve, what are you smoking?" And he goes. Oh, it's a uh, one of my moisture desacas. It's the unicorn. And they're like, oh, I've never heard of that. What is it? And he's like, it's a broadleaf cigar, um, you know, Nicaraguan filler. I, I just really like it. It's a perfecto. And I was like, Steve, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> he's, and I was like, he was trying to make the most expensive cigar he could possibly make. And then Steve finally went in and told the story. But uh, Steve was just going to tell him that it's a cigar. Uh, <laughs> but that's just kind of how Steve is. Like, Steve loves telling stories, but um, he does it kind of humbly. He's not telling stories to tell you about all the cool stuff he's ever done. He's telling you stuff because it's funny. He's a lot of fun to hang out with. I, I really like that yeah. guy. Yeah, he's very laid back. Uh, and then another thing from Brad Polish last name, he, he says the canine reminds him of the Todos Los Dias a little bit. Mm. That's interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to trying those. I really want to, I really want to try that. Cause I'm, I'm a, just missed out on those. Me too. And I'm a huge fan of Juan and Bill and, uh, every cigar they've ever made pretty much. They've made a lot of really good cigars. Um, and they haven't been around very long and they've only made a couple of cigars, but everything they've made has been fantastic. All right. Well, that's March Madness. I don't want to. I don't want to wax on too long about March Madness. Do you guys have any closing thoughts on March Madness before we kind of move on? I say on? the only closing thought is that it is supposed to be fun. Um, on the internet, sometimes people tend to get a little bit worked up out of things, but yeah, don't take it too seriously. You know, it's just fun. It's just for fun. <laughs> we just do it so that we can, you know, um, it it generates a lot of discussion, which is fun. 
like people are posting about it and people are liking it and um, trying to get their friends to vote, which is fun. And then, uh, you know, it's fun for the man. It's it's good marketing for pretty much anyone involved, but especially the guy who wins, because um, then we we end yeah. up talking about their cigars a little more than we usually do. It's fun it's to try nice to open the yeah. discussion. Mm-hmm. And there's always like I always discover a cigar that I hadn't tried yet every time process. And I'm like, Every oh, time, I, should, I should go try that smoke. And it's good. Um, and as Steve Saka said, Steve Saka was, again, uh, very, uh, I feel like humble is the right word. He's When he yeah. talks about being in, like, we were talking about when he was here, it was the Elite Eight. And so we were talking about how he had five of eight, which is crazy. And he was just like, well, any of the top 16, like, that's a shopping list of cigars that you need to go buy. And he's 100% right. All of those cigars are worth smoking. Um you know, some of them you'll like, some of them you won't, but that's how cigars are. And Bob Langmaid is thinking the, uh, so I'm actually pulling out my next cigar, which, I mean, this is just coincidental, but it's a protocol. Ooh. That, the old protocol Very blue. Nice. And I noticed they, they have some new, uh, some new shiny bands that fit a little better with the newer stuff. Um, but he's thinking the Themis Lancero will be released soon. I hope so. Oh, yeah. Uh, the mm. Themis was one of my favorite Connecticut cigars of the year, which I had a lot of favorite Connecticut cigars this year. And the Themis was one of the better ones, in my opinion. Yeah, that was a big Connecticut boom. Very yeah. cool. The Themis and the uh, Fratello, really yeah, good Yeah, those two are kind of my top Connecticut's of the year. And interestingly, so the, the, the really interesting thing between those two cigars is that they're different enough where I could smoke them back-to-back in either order. Uh, mm-hmm. But e- both of them work as a like first thing in the morning cigar or is like an, you know, afternoon cigar because both of them have a little bit more body than a typical Connecticut. All right. What, what else do you guys want to talk about before we get into our AVO winners? I don't have much more else on March madness. It'll be interesting oh, it to, to be see. March madness. I'm, I'm, I'm really curious to see what happens with the um, half wheel consensus next year because with kind of the FDA stuff, it's like the number of new cigars is going to become less and less and less. So, yeah, as, as I've talked about a little bit, I think we are going to change our format a little bit because previously our format was it has to have been released in that calendar year. Um, I'm thinking of either just opening it up to everything, which the problem with that is I don't know. We're not quite like Cigar Aficionado where, you know, they review 40 cigars a month. And they review stuff, just whatever's on the shelf. Yeah. Um, we don't have that kind of bandwidth for reviews. But uh, I think we might open it up a little bit, maybe two years or three years of releases so that, um, you know, people who didn't come out with a cigar this year are still eligible because the number of cigars that come out in a calendar year are going to be going down every year yeah. until something changes with the FDA. Uh, Lou Liga says a lot of new cigars are coming at the IPCPR. Absolutely there. But the number is is going down. It was noticeable last year um, that there were less new releases than there were in previous years. And then I think this year it's probably going to go down a little more. Um, but it, it may kind of stay the same because people are still, you know, people still have cigars that are uh, that were phantom release, shadow release, whatever you want to call it. Um, but people still have a lot of stuff in the hopper. Yeah, doesn't um, I think Matt, Matt Booth is releasing uh, the farce, right? It's yeah. coming out. I think there was a soft release in uh, in Phoenix. Yeah, there there was a soft release, and there were, it was available in a couple of places. I know Small Batch had them. Um, a couple other couple other places had like just a few packs of them. It was a pretty small release. Uh, the other thing that I like about a two year window is there was a lot of stuff that came out this year that we didn't get to review. 
um, we had it or, um, you know, we got it, or sometimes we got it a little bit later than other people. But, you know, we can only review so many cigars. And I feel like it's kind of unfair that if we didn't review your cigar in 2017, you're un- ineligible for 2018 because uh, even though it was out, we didn't review it. And now you're never going to be in any of our top 25 lists. That that seems crazy to me. Um, so I think two years at the minimum is what we're going to change it to because that seems a little more fair to me. Yeah, gives you a bigger window to to try the cigars and get reviews out. Yeah. If I could I just was... review cigars all week long, it'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be great if you just didn't have to work or take care of your kids or pay the bills or anything? Um, just drink some beers and have a bunch of cigars, a little bit of whiskey yeah. on the side. Um, Brad says he Brad Polish last name says he smoked the farce. What did you think of it? I'm I'm curious about it. I really liked both the um, I'm blanking on the name the hit and run. And I really liked the uh, the tea oh, uh, as well. The tea, yeah. I, I think both of those are really good. And yeah, Coop says he does the same thing with the two-year window. It wasn't done for less releases. It was done to give cigars that came out late in the year a fair chance, which is uh, yeah. 100%. I mean, a lot of cigars come out in November and December. And if we don't review it before the end of December, there's no way it's making it on our list. Um, so this way, it opens it up to be on the list the following year. Um, I'm trying to think of something that was like that this year. There was something that didn't make it onto our list that I smoked fairly recently. Uh, I don't know what it was. I have to give a quick shout out to uh, Coop. I finally worked my way through his uh, baseball season preview show. And I'm a very (laughs) casual baseball fan. And I now feel like I know more about baseball than most people I know. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't watch that only because... um, Nothing personal, Coop. You know that I love you, and you know that I love your show, and I I just don't care about baseball. Like, baseball, I can sit down and watch a <laughs> baseball game, but the, like, theory of baseball thing is just mind-numbing to me. I don't know why. I've tried to care about sports, and I I just can't do it. I don't know. And I've, I've always been from the Pacific Northwest, and it's like we have the Seattle Mariners, which have never been a great <laughs> baseball team. It's just like, mm-hmm. all right. <laughs> Yeah, they're the only team around. I mean, I grew, and I grew up with baseball. I grew up uh, in Virginia and Connecticut. So uh, the portion of my life where I lived in Virginia, we would go to Baltimore Orioles games all the time. The portion where we went to or where we lived in Connecticut, we would go to Yankees games all the time. Yeah. I mean, in New York, New Jersey, everybody's into baseball. And I'm the only guy that I know that doesn't know anything. I, I know a little bit about the game. I don't follow it. And every time somebody talks about it in the office i always kind of have to shy away and hide in the corner and really try to not yeah, make eye exactly. contact it's exactly. one of those that's, that's how it is for me it's it's not that <laughs> i don't enjoy watching it because like if i go to a baseball game or if it's on tv i can 100 percent enjoy it uh the thing that like doesn't click in my brain is like this is my team and it's the only team i care about yeah that's the thing that just doesn't i don't, I don't understand and football the same for me as well well yeah i'm talking about all all of the sports ball sports <laughs> <laughs> any ball sports any ball sports yeah <laughs> you got hockey see uh, hockey's another game that i really like watching but i i don't care about which team wins so whoever has the cooler jersey is who i'm rooting for that day <laughs> hey how about that crashed ice the red bull crashed ice what that's that's what you've, you've never heard about that no it's wild it's uh guys on skates going down like a um going down a course with jumps and turns and they have to race each other Oh, oh really? that sounds intense. It's crazy. You gotta, you gotta look it up. That. It's pretty I cool. I watched the uh, Red Bull Rampage, which is the crazy like downhill mountain bike yeah. stuff. Yeah, oh, that's, that's cool. It, just terrifying stuff. 
Red Bull does a lot of those crazy sports. Yeah, the air races. It's it's. Oh nuts. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course, the air races. I forgot about those. It's fun to watch though. Dangerous right. stuff. All right, let me pull up the uh, the winners for our Avo contest. So I, I randomly picked the winners already from everybody who entered. Um, thank you everybody for entering. Uh, if you didn't enter, what were you doing? We posted it and we talked about it on the show. Um, so I'm going to email these people. So if it's not like if you're not listening or if you're listening to the podcast the week after or something, um, you're not going to miss out. So I'm going to email all of these people and make sure that, uh, if something doesn't work out, then I'll, I'll, uh, you know, I'll disqualify them and draw another person. So if you didn't win and you're watching live, you still have a chance, but the winners are Miguel Rocha. He won a box of cigars. A box of the uh, Avo 30th Anniversary Improvisation, which is a fantastic cigar with a, like, beautiful box. That box is incredible. Like, it's the high, one of the highest quality boxes I've ever seen. Um, and Daniel Donald Santos also won one of those. And then the Ritmo bag that I have, the getaway bag kind of thing, it, Aaron Pierce won that one. And then the, the grand prize, which I'm so jealous of, the record player, is going to oh, Michael yeah. Wright. Awesome. So congratulations, congratulations to those guys. Yeah, those um, coming up on the, on the summertime, those Avo 30ths are going to be amazing. Yeah, because that is a big cigar. Um, I think it's 7.5 by 48 or so. And uh, it's a, it takes about I've – smoked, I've smoked two of them now. I smoked one on the show and one sometime after the show. And that's like a, a good two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour cigar. Yeah. Take them slow. <laughs> yeah. And I'm trying to think, so we can brainstorm here on the show, or we can like, uh, you know, talk about it later. But I posted in the in the show notes that oh, I name. need to figure out a name for this kind of episode where we're just hanging out. Um, I I like the ter- or I I chose the term news of the week just because I couldn't think of anything else. Um, but it's less about news and more about just you know hanging out and smoking cigars. No suggestions? Come on. Um, maybe. Uh, what's I was just trying to think. Uh... I, I like that show on uh, HBO uh, last week tonight with John Oliver. He does some pretty funny <laughs> stuff yeah. there. Um, uh, so it, it could be like last week tonight in cigars or cigars this week. This week in cigars. This uh, week in cigars. I kind of like that. <laughs> let me let me put that in my notes here because I do kind of like that. Um, and so for anybody who's uh, listened a couple times before, oh, cigar chat roundtable. That is a good Ooh. name. Bob. Oh, yeah, that's cool. a good Bob one. Dog I like that. that. <laughs> Thank uh, you, Bob. I, think that's gonna stick. Thank I you. was going to say Stogie time with Cigar Federation, but I think Bob's hit it. I think he hit the nail on the head, and I don't think we need any other suggestions. Uh, <laughs> so anybody who's watched the watched the show uh, f- frequently enough knows I'm a big fan of MMA. I watch a lot of UFC. That's the only oh, sport yeah. that I get behind, um, and a lot of the reason for that is because it's a singular sport. It's not a team sport. Um, and it's just awesome. But uh, today has been an insane day for the UFC. Uh, this morning, Conor McGregor went on a, a bizarre, yeah. like out of rampage, <laughs> and I'm I've been keeping up on it all day because I just want to know what's going to happen with it's this. It's all that cocaine, man. I don't know what's going on with that dude. It must be. <laughs> That's what everybody says. <laughs> he's I mean, got a bad. He's got a bad dealer in New York, maybe. There are people who watched like the videos because uh, I mean, so actually before I. Like, start talking about that. I'll explain for anybody who's not up on what's going on. So there was a press conference this morning. It was the weigh-in for uh, UFC 223, which is this weekend. A um, couple of uh, very big fights there. Um, Rose Nami Yunus versus uh, Johanna 
Yenjacek two. Uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov is fighting. I don't remember who he's fighting. Not Tony Ferguson, but he's fighting somebody. Uh, Michael Chiesa is fighting. Uh, but there, there are a lot of big fights, and apparently some drama has been happening this week between Khabib. Uh, I'll just say Khabib because I'm not trying to say his name again. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, between Khabib and Artem Lobov, who's on. He's one of the guys that trains with Conor McGregor, and he has for a very long time. Um, I guess there was some sort of altercation. They're both from the Eastern Bloc originally. Um, there was some sort of altercation where like, they cornered him and were yelling Artem or something like that. And then at the weigh-in today, Conor McGregor and about the reports all say about 30 people like came rushing in and were like attacking people. They were like throwing trash cans at people and... Conor McGregor actually, there's video evidence of him hurling a like <laughs> through uh, the window, like a refrigerator <laughs> dolly kind of like. Uh, I just saw that he he picks up. It looks like one of those um, big metal guardrails that they use yeah. to kind of like maintain. A, it's like he just picks up the thing and throws it. <laughs> yeah, he's over just over his like head that. too, like just wild, <laughs> like it was nothing. But he threw those things are pretty heavy. Yeah. yeah. He threw this dolly <laughs> through a, the window of the bus that had some of the fighters on it and like injured people. And there's re- there are conflicting reports on whether a warrant is out for his arrest or not. It's it's craziness. Wow. Uh, and I was just actually reading. So Ray Borg was scheduled to fight this week. And apparently uh, he went into the hospital just a little while ago within within the last half an hour. Uh, he went into the hospital because they think he's got shards of glass in his eye because of that shattered window in the bus. It's wow, it's insane. Like I don't understand why Conor McGregor would do this kind of thing. He has so many millions of dollars that he never has to fight again, and uh, <laughs> this could put yeah, all of that. Up. He could be sued for, I mean, potentially millions of dollars, and like not only by the UFC but by the people he's injured now. Uh, or traumatized for some of them. And then he might be deported. Like he's, he's not a U.S. citizen. He's, he's just, uh, he's living here for work for the UFC, obviously. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is, a, this is a big deal. Well, and it's great. Let's, let's step back for a second and really consider this as possibly being a, a heel storyline and some promotion. Possibly. I don't know. I mean, I wonder because it's a People little going to the, the hospital stories. I don't know. It People does going have to a kind hospital of a, a little too far. WWE kind of a vibe, right? To it. Like it really does. Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> and Triple H in the parking garage, kind of yeah, a thing. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, so Tyler Olson says, from what he heard, Dana White was stripping McGregor of his title and then giving it to the winner of the upcoming fight uh, between not Tony Ferguson. I'm trying to remember who, what the guy's name is. Uh, Max Holloway. Max Holloway and Khabib Nurmagomedov. Um, the winner is going to get the title which Connor got back in tw- November of 2016. So, I mean, he's basically been vacant for like a year and a half. And, I mean, you have to assume that he's been offered fights multiple times to defend, and he's never defended that title uh, in the last couple of years. I, I don't see why he would be that angry about it. He can't expect to just, like, keep the title forever, right? How does that work? Do you have to stay active to keep the title? Or I, yeah, I'm not sure. As far as I know, there's no hard and fast rule about it. Um, but I know in um, I know in boxing, once once you sort of officially stop fighting, then they they kind of like put the title up for grabs for yeah. the new people. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they 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 do this. They've done the same thing with a couple of weight classes in the UFC before, where somebody 
um, either retires as a champion, which has only happened like once or twice, or where somebody gets injured and can't come back for an extended period of time, or something like this, where somebody moves out of their weight class and they end up just never coming back. And they it's called vacating the title. And then sometimes they'll have an interim champion. Uh, like So th- it, there's three different states. It's, it's vacant, which is, means nobody's the champion. Uh, current, which means like... Well, until today, at least, Conor McGregor <laughs> was the current champion. Uh, and then there's interim. So what happens with interim? So, like, I think, uh, let me see. I think Max Holloway was already. No, no Max Holloway's in a different weight class, right? I'm getting all confused now that I'm talking about it. Um, but so, for example, if somebody is injured or like this, they're kind of on a layoff where they're not fighting for a while for whatever reason, moving to other weight classes. If they still plan on coming back, they'll remain the champion, but they'll crown an interim champion. And then basically when they come back, the interim champion is who they have to fight. Uh, but either way, I, I can't see Connor being that being this upset to risk his 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 career over them stripping him of his title when he hasn't even attempted to defend it in the last year and a half. It's crazy. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. And I know the I mean the, the the UFC is big on it's it's there's a lot of personalities in it, but they they try to keep it a serious sport and and kind of rein people in the best that they can. So to do something like that to just jeopardize your entire future in a sport seems crazy. Yeah, and and this seems like the kind of thing where this could be the end of his career. Yeah, which is crazy to me. Like it's insane. I wish I knew more about MMA. I I actually don't follow it too much, but. I just want the Undertaker to come back. Like that's my thing. <laughs> and yeah, he you're might. A WWE guy. He might. He might come back. I don't know. Cena wants to fight him. So if you're into into wrestling, that might happen. But that's all I know. I know. Uh, I know we've got somebody watching. Uh, Lou Liga. He's 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 big into wrestling. I know that. All right. What else do we have to talk about? Or is that it? There's got to be. Um, Talk some about. some general good news in uh, cigar legislation is um it appears like New York State did yeah. away with the crazy tobacco tax. Yeah. Yes, sir. That was like I don't know who finally convinced them, but that just seemed outrageous what they were trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. The taxes, the tax proposal that they had was was crazy. And I'm just noticing that like greens are messed up. I don't know how what changed. Yeah. With um. With taxes and stuff, I, I think it's interesting because I, I studied a little bit of economics in college and whatnot, and it's like there's there's a point of taxation to where the government is making money, and then when it gets too high, they lose money because they essentially drive people to other markets yeah. to get those things. Yeah. And it, you know, it, it's one thing if, – if your primary goal is to just stop people from doing something, then there's not a lot of logic you can put into that, but – if if you are trying to actually earn some revenue off of taxes, it just makes no sense. Yeah, there's too much money to be made in New York off of cigars and just I mean tobacco in general for them to to make a move like that. And I'm I'm really happy that they decided not to go through with that. Yeah, that's what you would think. All right, I got our video fixed here. I don't know what happened. Our like our video screens were just moved down, and there was a big gray bar at the top of each of them. But we're all good now. I'm trying to think of what else is going on in the cigar world. There hasn't been like a ton of news. I mean, there's, you know, there's people are kind of starting to announce stuff for IPCPR. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. 
Tatuaje has the 15th anniversary releases coming out. There's like a Nestor Miranda 75th anniversary. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That sounds cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to both of those. Um, Um, Ramona Yones, right? They they moved over to AJ for manufacturing and distribution. Yeah, so that was a – the Ramona Yones – what was it? So the the Foundry Ramona Yones came out a couple years ago, and I think – I think there was a stealth release of the AJ version because I think I remember seeing them or at least hearing about them, but I'm not positive. Uh, Brad with the Polish last name wants to know what I thought of the craft 2018. Um, I think at this point it's a little too early to tell. So this is the second one that I've smoked, but they just came in this week. So, um, you know, I, I always give a cigar the benefit of a doubt and I try not to uh, read into it too much if it's only been in my humidor for like a week or two. But so far, I really like it. So the way that I would describe it is it's got it's it reminds me of a Neanderthal. Uh, specifically, the blend reminds me of the uh, HOXD, which is the petite Corona size. Uh, but then with the Pennsylvania Broadleaf, it's way more uh, intense, spicy. So the the regular Neanderthal with the San Andreas, it's it's not really that spicy. Uh, it's got kind of a uh, it reminds me of like a pastry sweetness. And then some some spice, and this has more of like a uh, like a dark molasses sweetness and a lot more spice. And then it's got like some definite grassy notes. I was talking right before the show, actually it might have been at the beginning of the show. I don't remember about uh, how the candela wrapper really adds some of that like grassy, almost hoppy kind of flavor, a little bitterness. Um, I really like it so far. I kind of like that Candela has taken a, a, a very different role nowadays versus, mm-hmm. you know, even five years ago. Yeah, when it was strictly a wrapper and everybody thought that cigar looks gross and it's going to taste gross. And now they're using it more as an accent to fuller bodied cigars, which I think it's much better at doing. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's working very well. I mean, historically, the best Candelas have been the ones that are really strong for a Candela, where you're not tasting much of that Candela. It's really more of an accent note. And I think that, um, I like that trend. I hope we see more of that. And I hope, uh, I hope there's not too much drama about people calling each other out for stealing their idea. <laughs> yeah. It was interesting. Some like the early Candela's were almost, it's like they took a Connecticut blend and threw a Candela on it. And it yeah, just exactly. was like smoking a wad of hay. Yeah. It was <laughs> yeah. Just grassy and bitter and, um, it has like this weird chlorophyll sourness sometimes. But you throw in some like spicy habano or some broadleaf or something, and it, it really changes the character. Yeah, um, because I think it covers up a lot of the faults of the of the candela. But candela is still like candela is a lot stronger than Connecticut, which is I think why it's been kind of a failure for the most part uh, when it's when it's the sole wrapper on a cigar. There, there, you know, there's definitely a couple standouts there, but for the most part, it doesn't tend to work well. Um, and I think that's partly because it's overpowering. But when you overpower it with a stronger wrapper, I like the character it brings. I think it, I think it turns out well. Another random cigar stuff. I, I, I finally smoked a uh, Romacraft uh, Neanderthal genetic deformity. Oh, yeah. And nice. That, that, that was interesting. Like, I didn't expect it to be that much different, but I, I completely was able to pick out the differences. So yeah, it's a, that's huge, a cool smoking experience. Yeah. It's really interesting because it's so different from the regular Neanderthal. And actually last week I smoked my last SGP and my last genetic deformity, um, kind of back to back. Like I smoked 
the first two thirds of the Neanderth of the uh, SGP, and then I lit the the GD at the same time, and it was really interesting because they are so different. Like you can taste mm -hmm. the, you can really taste that the fillers are the same. Uh, they've got the same amount of body and the same amount of strength, but then the flavors on top are so different. Like with the Neanderthal, you have that like sort of delicate sweetness that's really characteristic of it, which I didn't realize was coming from the wrapper. I always thought that uh, Mexican wrappers were typically a little less sweet and a little more spice and earth. Um, and the spice and earth are definitely there, but it's got a like really pronounced sweetness that uh, almost dials back the spice a little bit because it's not as spicy as most San Andreas wrap cigars. But then when you put on the Aquitaine and Cro-Magnon, the Habano and the Broadleaf wrappers, you end up with like this immense sweetness and this immense spice that is completely different. And I think it's just a really interesting uh, kind of experiment to do uh, when you can taste the exact same fillers and binder with a completely different wrapper. Mm -hmm. I'm convinced that Neanderthals is actually bulletproof because I had one, I was on a boat in uh, upstate New York in the rain fishing, smoking it, and it was just soaked. And it smoked great. It tasted great. It just held up to the rain. It was insane. I've never seen that happen with a cigar. I mean, it's got a lot of uh, a lot of oily tobacco in it. Yeah. It's got Pennsylvania Broadleaf filler, and it's got that Mexican San Andreas wrapper. And uh, maybe it was just wicking away all the moisture because it's so oily. <laughs> it must have been. <laughs> it was. It was like uh, like Teflon tobacco. Uh, Dennis, that. That uh, I feel like that could be an interesting segment. What have you smoked this week that surprised you? Well, actually, unfortunately, I haven't really smoked that much this week because I've been uh, getting this horrible vertigo oh, since, yeah. uh, since the weekend. So I've been sort of trying not to push the edge too much. And you know me, I, I love really spicy, really strong, absolutely full body mm -hmm. cigars. Um, probably my favorite for this week so far is it's Naka Tamale. It's, it's just killer. I love that cigar. I'm, I'm loving it. And the spice I thought initially was going to be very overwhelming. And now that I'm I'm kind of, you know, getting there toward the end, uh, it's leveled out really nicely. Very well and balanced. So, Smokes great. So I don't know if you remember the story, but for anybody who's listening who doesn't know the story of that cigar. So the Moisture de Saka is uh, basically a series of challenges that Steve set up for himself, um, specific to blending of cigars. So the first one was... Wow. Uh, the Exclusivo, he wanted to make an all-Nicaraguan cigar that doesn't really taste like a Nicaraguan cigar, that's more mild, that has more of that, like, sweeter, um, sweeter, less intense characteristics than you usually get from Nicaraguan tobacco, because obviously Nicaraguan tobacco is usually spicy, strong. Um, and so that was the Exclusivo. The Nakatamale is where he wanted to take all tobaccos of the same vintage from the same farm. And I'm not positive whether they're whether he's using separate seeds or whether they're all the same seed. I think they're all the same seed, but I could be wrong on that. But they were all harvested the same year, and they're basically just different primings of the same tobaccos. Uh, and it's, it's really incredible to me that he could make a cigar that complex with all tobacco from the same farm, because typically you're pulling from uh, different farms, if not different countries or different parts of the world. And, of course, different vintages, because typically, like a... Uh, I don't know, uh, a broadleaf grown in Nicaragua, or uh, sorry, a, a habano grown in Nicaragua is going to 
ferment for a lot less time than like a broadleaf grown in Connecticut. And yeah, I'm a cigar too. What else he has up his sleeve for those? I found that that cigar is one of those like sneaky ones. Is that it doesn't seem that strong, but then by the time you get to the end of it, you start to feel it. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, <laughs> I, I've definitely noticed. <laughs> I smoked a, uh, a Tatuaje Michael again this week. Oh nice. And and that's good. I I the full size monsters. I always think it's interesting because they come out around Halloween, of course, and then universally i found that if you check in on that six months later it's always better i don't know what it is every time yeah yeah same for me i completely agree uh nothing against pete but i i do think they ship those a little fresh it seems like they're always uh rushing to get them out on time to me um and i think they always smoke better a little bit down the road yeah like i thought that the depth of flavor on that thing just like tripled wow oh definitely yeah dude i actually noticed that with um so I picked up a couple of hides when they first came out, a couple of boxes, and the I let them sit. And, you know, I enjoyed it, not as as much as I do now. I enjoyed it when it first came out, obviously. And I let it sit for a while, and now it's just killer for me. And I think it's really great to let it sit, smoke it now, then smoke it, you know, six months later, see see how it's developed. And like you said, it really does change for the better. And a, a, a very good thing that's kind of been the trend since... I guess since the uh, the Jason came out, before the Jason came out, if you missed out on a monster release, the, it was the end. You were never going to see him again, um, unless it was on the secondary market for double or triple what you could have paid for it at retail. Uh, and I've noticed that they sit around a little more. I, I'm not sure how much the production's gone up, but it seems like less people are clamoring for them, um, which I think it seems like a bad thing, but I think it's actually a good thing. Because that way you can, once it gets to that six-month point, you can see how you feel about it. Like for me, uh, the Jason was the one where I I bought one and I, I, I didn't love it. I thought it was good, but I didn't love it. And then about a year later, it was it was after the next one had already come out. I, I got one as a, in a bomb or something. And I smoked it and it blew my mind. So I bought two boxes because I could still find two boxes for MSRP. <laughs> yeah. um, and it seems like, you've got more time than you used to have. They used to sell out immediately. And now, now you get a little bit more time. They still sell out by the time the next one comes out. Usually. Mm-hmm. I've been really impressed with the skinny monsters too. I, I really like those a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they suffer from the same thing as the full size where they're way better six months, a year down the road. Yeah. Uh, it's a huge difference to me at least. All right. Any other, any other closing comments before we finish up here, guys? I don't think no, I, so. I think we, we covered pretty much everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you're if you're watching and you've got a comment or a question or anything, you've still got time before we close out. Um, I'm really enjoying this protocol. It's been a few months since I smoked a blue label protocol. I I mean, this cigar is one of those cigars that has so much flavor and it really sneaks up on you. Yeah, because uh, there are four four different Lajeros in this, which is uh, a lot. It's wild. Like, that's enough where it's surprising that it burns well um, and it doesn't burn perfectly. But I mean. It's got four Laharleys. What do you expect, man? <laughs> Those protocols age burn. really well, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah they really do. Um, and I don't even know when this one is from because it's got the old label. I think they just switched the labels pretty recently because I haven't seen them around anywhere. Um, but, man, I love this cigar. What about Actually, what you guys are smoking? Well, I, I was going to the... say – oh, no, go, go for it, Jason. Uh, the, I mean, this Elway Wednesday Maduro, the wise man Maduro, is just – 
it's awesome. This this Corona Gorda size in this thing, like I can smoke one of these every day for the rest of my life. That's a killer yeah. cigar. Really good. And I'm pairing it with this uh, this left hand nitro stout. Oh yeah. Really good pairing too. I didn't realize this thing was ten percent. Oops. That's <laughs> <laughs> what we're. That's actually saying? that's exactly what I was going to ask. I was going to ask the question that is key. What are you guys drinking? Oh, so what do you have? Actually, so I'm drinking. Um, Ecliptic Phaser Ooh. IPA, hazy IPA. So this is local, um, semi-regular production, seasonal. Uh, it's interesting because, so the first time I saw it at the store, I was like, oh, that's got a nice looking label and it says hazy on it. And I flipped it over and went, oh, this was canned yesterday. So I bought it. <laughs> you um, have to. Yeah, exactly. When it's that fresh, you got to buy it. And I got home and drank one, and I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And I actually texted Dennis, now that I think about it. I texted Dennis a picture of it and was like, dude, this is amazing. Because it's oh, a – Oh, that's right. Yeah, It's yeah, a regular yeah. hazy IPA, but it kind of tastes like a milkshake that's a mix of a West Coast and East Coast style where it's got that, like, East Coast fruity sweetness. But then it's got, like, that West Coast resiny bitterness. Uh, and I think it does a really good job of kind of melding those two styles and then I went the next day, and they were completely sold out. And then I went to the store down the street, and they were completely sold out. Of course. And then about a month ago, I was at a store, and uh, oh, it was right before we did the wine pairing show. And I was at the store looking at wine, trying to figure out what to buy. And the uh, the lady who runs the wine department and the beer department came over and said, "Are you finding everything you need?" And I said, "Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm great." And, she looked in my cart and she was like, oh, I see you got the good stuff because I had a bunch of hazies and a bunch of triple IPAs in there, that, which had just come out. And she said, have you had Phaser? And I was like, oh, I love it, but I can't find it anywhere. She's like, I think we have one six pack in the back. She leaves oh, and man. comes back. She's like, we don't have one stick. It's gone. I, I saw it there yesterday and it's not there anymore. So somebody else must have bought it. Uh, but she said they actually had a canning issue where their production was cut into like a quarter of what it was supposed to be. And so people were clamoring, clamoring for it all over town. Um, and they had like pallets of it this time. So I think it's, it's, it's doing good again. And, um, I love this beer. It's, I mean, you can see it's like, I've got a little bit left here. Oh yeah. It's, it's an interesting color because it's kind of that like West coast IPA light. It's got that pineapple juice thing going on. Yeah. Like pineapple juice, but then it's also hazy and it's, it's delicious. Ecliptic's a really cool brewery. I like the, um, astronomy theme that they do with all their beers. Yeah, and cool. um, the uh, the guy that's the head brewer and founder of it, he hangs out there a lot. And if you get to talking to him and ask him a question about beer, like he will just go on and on and tell you way more than you ever thought you wanted to know. <laughs> um, <coughs> oh, I inhaled a little bit of smoke there. That was not great. Um, uh, Brad, Polish last name, wants to know if any of us have ever tried rolling our own cigars. He's been dabbling in it lately. Um, I'm terrible. Yeah, me too, but I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> He's got another comment. He rolled one with a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper, pencil bro- Pennsylvania broadleaf wrapper, which I'm guessing means binder. One of those must be binder, right? I don't know. Um, two leaves of Espelli Lajero and two leaves of Pennsylvania Lajero in the filler. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he thought it was going to kill him. Yeah, uh, that's going to need like – I mean, so – I'm a terrible year. at rolling cigars. Um, so last year, so on, on Cigar Safari, I tried a couple times, like very casually. Like we didn't sit down at rolling tables or anything, but I had Henry and Willie Herrera trying to teach me how to roll a cigar. And I couldn't like make one that would feel consistent. They were all like 68 ring gauge and <laughs> uh, 
like loosely packed where you couldn't really smoke it. It was kind of like sucking on a hose. Like you couldn't you couldn't take a draw <laughs> of it because it wouldn't build up enough pressure. Um, and it was a, it was a disaster. And then uh, last year when I was at Purosabor, I was at the J.C. Newman factory and they had like part one of the activities that you do during the tour is roll your own cigars. And uh, I had a like we had professional rollers, people who actually do it, you know, as their job uh, overseeing us. And this guy had to fix every single one. Uh, I only I only rolled five, but it took me about 45 minutes and he had to fix every single one. And but my one my consolation of that is he said that I could be a roller. I could get a job as a roller in a factory because I was good enough at putting the wrapper on. Um, bunching, I'm terrible at the wrapper. I'm OK. at. Bunching is hard. It's really tough. It's like you you have to have three hands to do it because you have to yeah. get all the yeah. leaves placed correctly and then hold them just right so you can get the next couple leaves in there. And then you have to turn them and get it just right down on the bunch so it doesn't just fall apart or on the binder, I mean, so it doesn't fall apart as you're trying to roll it. And It's an art I form. I just can't do it. But back to Brad's cigar. Um, dude, that sounds like a killer cigar. So Estee Lajero and Pennsylvania Lajero are both extremely thick, heavy wrappers that are obviously very strong. Everybody knows that. But the thing you don't necessarily know is they're really thick and heavy, and they hold a lot of moisture. So part of the reason that they're that strong uh, initially is because they've got so much moisture content that you end up getting a lot of steam in the smoke. And that's when you get like that, that harshness on the back of your throat. Yeah. Uh, and you know, that you always get from wet tobacco. I think if you give those like six months or a year in a humidor, they'll be better and they'll be smokable, but uh, it's still going to be pretty damn strong. <laughs> and he says he aged it for three months and it would barely burn. I mean, I don't know if it's ever going to burn. Well, <laughs> yeah. That's a firecracker. It's yeah. like a challenge cigar. The challenge is to see who can keep it lit the longest. <laughs> all right. Any other closing comments before we finish up the show? Before we wrap it up? Um, no. Thank you to all for listening. This These shows are always fun. Yeah. I, I like them uh, because it's just hanging out. It's not, you know, there's not necessarily a purpose to it. It's just uh, we're just hanging out with the listeners, talking and smoking cigars and drinking a little bit of whatever. Yeah. It's awesome. I love it. Right. Thanks for having me on tonight. Yeah, we'll have to have you on next time we have one of these. Um, we we do have a couple guests booked that I want to talk about. Uh, I think I mentioned it yesterday, but next week I'm going to be on assignment on Wednesday, so we won't have a new episode of Sharing Our Pairings, but we will have a new episode of Cigar Chat. Or I'm sorry, we are working on a special guest host for Sharing Our Pairings, but either way, I will not be there. Uh, I will be there for Cigar Chat next week. Uh, where we are going to have Enrique Sanchez from uh, 1502 Cigars. And uh, I love his cigars. They are fantastic. I can't wait to talk to him. I, lo- I love that dude. Uh, and then the following week, we're going to have somebody who's never been on the show, and uh, I've only smoked one of their cigars, and that was within the last couple days, is Al McAuliffe. Um, I've heard wonderful things about their cigars. They've got a lot of blends, um, and they've got like really classic packaging, and their booth at IPCPR was really fancy. Um, but unfortunately, we didn't get to talk to him this or this past year. Um, so I'm really looking forward to talking to Al as well. That'll be the following week. And then the week after that, we've got a very special episode of sharing our pairings with our good friend, Barry Stein. We're going to be smoking the Atabay Lancero, which I am so excited about. I'm pumped I, for that. I cannot That's wait fancy. to see. Yeah, uh, I think we're going to have to go highfalutin for our pairings on that one. Oh, absolutely. I don't know if Barry will, but, uh, you know, uh, 
yeah, I mean, you know, Barry, uh, Barry likes to drink a little more. So, you know, I can't fault him for, for not going highfalutin if he's not going to remember it the next day. That's <laughs> like a bust out your high-end Japanese whiskey and just enjoy. Yeah, I think that's what I'll do. Um, and we, we may have a special guest co-host as well. So we may have four people on that one, which would be pretty awesome. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I love hanging out with Barry. It's going to be a long show. And if it's anything like our previous episodes with Barry, uh, we'll be on Skype well into the night after the oh, show. Yeah. Hanging out. Because that's what always happens with him. He's just so fun to hang out with. Uh, so thanks, everybody, for watching. Thank you for listening. Uh, and, of course, thank you to all of our Armed Forces Radio Network listeners. We appreciate you guys out there doing things we are not built to do and protecting our freedoms. And uh, everybody have a great and safe weekend. And we'll see you next week. 